Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, we were going to delay the start so that I could get my pizza delivery from Toppers. And Toppers people, I'm sure you're not listening. But your online system said that the pizza would be here by now. And I called the store to see what kind of lead time I would have if we could fit a whole recording in. They told me it'd be another hour. Another hour. Today's not my day. That's upsetting. Today's not my day. I guess. I'm a little hungry. I'm a little fiery. Yeah. And and, uh, I want to talk some college bowl picks. Okay, let's do it. Pat's in. Greg's in. You and I are in. Yes, we are. So let's go with, uh, do, you have a, do you have a game you want to start? We're not going to go through all 41 or 40 plus no. the winner because that's a lot. <laughs> well, that's, it is. Let, let's go chronological, I suppose. Um, so let me, let me pull up the list. Uh, let's, let's get them all up here so we can just get them because some of those are early ones. I suppose let's start with Boise State, Oregon. It's a decent game to open the bowl season on Saturday. Boise State, Oregon. Now I have to go find that in my rankings. Cause, okay. Because I have to be honest with you. I filled these rankings out, and then I didn't, uh, I didn't memorize them. But, uh, no, I haven't memorized mine either. I, uh, yeah, I've got, the, I've got the chronological list in front of me. We start with Troy, North Texas. Then we get Western Kentucky, Georgia State. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on those. But uh, Boise, the other Oregon. games on opening day. Yeah, the other games opening day, Marshall, Colorado State, Middle Tennessee, Arkansas State. So I think we skip those, and the first interesting game, if you want to call that, is Boise and Oregon. It's interesting for me because Oregon's coach left after 11 months. Um, it is, it is, yes, headed to Florida State, and they uh, they pulled a USC and hired the coach that the players wanted, which, uh, I don't know if you love that, but apparently that's the way they're going to go, so... You'd think they'd be motivated uh, to play hard since they got the guy they wanted in place. I think that might be true. I'm still taking Boise, and I have it fairly confident at 34 points. Okay, I've got Oregon, and I got it kind of right in the middle, like 21 points. Um, had Oregon even before the coach. I just don't think Boise's that good. You know, they won the conference, but that conference just wasn't that good. And, and I think, honestly, I think Oregon is a better team than 7-5. and five. I mean, the you know, I, I mentioned this at one point when we talked. They only lost one game with Justin Herbert playing, and that was against ASU. Um, you know, their their funk came when he was out. He's not out anymore. He's pretty good. I think they'll be fired up, so I went with Oregon. I just think they're going to have to answer a lot of questions about Willie Taggart and about the new coaching and about losing their defensive coordinator and all of these things. And Yeah, there's some interest there. I mean, that's always one of the things with these bulls is – you know, motivation and coaching changes. And, of course, I've, I've ranted on this before, but, you know, what, what other sports postseason do we have to talk about? Well, does the team really want to be there? Does the team really care? Is the coach left for a better job before the postseason? I mean, it goes to show how ridiculous bowl season is. Um, and Oregon's a great example of it. Yeah, I also think um, it opens the door to a rant and, and maybe a mini rant about, you know, the coaches can leave, the players can't. And, Agreed. You know, Agreed, yeah. I mean, and there I, might be a time where a, a team votes to not play out of frustration. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I don't blame Willie Taggart for going to Florida State. If that's a job he really wanted, he is, you know, he's got Florida roots and the job comes open. And you don't know if that job's going to come open again. Um, but, you know, is it inherently unfair that the players can't do that when – they may have that opportunity as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't think anybody should argue that. Yeah, and I mean, look, college football has developed its own version of free agency, and ASU may experience that with one or more quarterbacks as both Manny Wilkins and Brady White graduated. Uh, Yeah, they could. But, you know, the expectation is the players are there, but the coaches can come and go as they please. True. And Matt, you've obviously got strong feelings about coaches leaving and players leaving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, yeah. You know, it, it's one of those where I wish you know you you had it equal, but it's not. Um, and and you know that's at the way it is right now. You know, yeah. I don't like I said. I don't mind if if a coach wants to take an opportunity, but I think you know players ought to be able to do the same thing. And it is it is uh, just not a a fair system necessarily but 
nonetheless, that's where Oregon is. Um, Boise State not. You know, I think there was some thought maybe their coach would be in demand. He, he isn't ultimately leaving. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. You know, probably the only game of the first week that really I think is interesting unless you're a diehard college football fan. For our purposes, we're going to skip those. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was looking here at the rest of the first week. You've got uh, Akron, FAU, Louisiana Tech, SMU, Temple, Florida International, UAB, Ohio, Central Michigan, Wyoming. Not a lot there. Um, and then it gets a little more interesting. Texas Tech, South Florida, moderately interesting. Your thoughts on that one, since that's a Power 5 team and South Florida, a pretty good team as well. I mean, this, the whole South Florida thing to me is tough, right? Because they've – I don't know if I should tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. I have the South Florida Bulls as my highest ranked win. I, I got it pretty confident. I had 31. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I didn't go that far. But, yeah, I think they're much better than Texas Tech. I just don't think Texas Tech is that good um, South Florida's a pretty good team. I mean, they're two close losses. They pushed Central Florida to the limit. Who's in the you know the New Year's Six? So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you there. I think that's a pretty lopsided matchup. It seems like for for me, it's just I watched Texas Tech against ASU, and we just yeah. had a text exchange that we'll get into. But their defense <laughs> is poor. It is. Um, it is yeah, and, and because of that, I just think they're going to have trouble bowl games. If you don't have a good defense, it's unclear if your offense will get rolling right away. And maybe this will be a horrible embarrassment, but I, I have South Florida as my, as my most lock of locks. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I've got a pretty high as well. So I'm with you on that. Um, rest of the games that day, San Diego state army app state Toledo, the next day, Fresno state, Houston, any huge thoughts on any of those or should we keep on moving? Uh, you know, watch San Diego State if you can. Just that Army, running back's good. good. Army's a good team too. I mean that that's that's a good game. You know, Army's nine and three. Uh, San Diego State's got a guy who finished in the top five of the Heisman race. So, you know, you'll you won't see a lot of passing in that game either way. But it should be a fun game. When we get into the ASU defense talk, let's just make a little note of the number of Heisman uh, yeah. guys who we faced. Yeah, yeah, two of the top five. Yeah. Um, and no quarterbacks doubt, yeah. who are one and two in the projected uh, draft, the first Todd That's McShay true. mock yeah, draft that came out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and then we get to the post-Christmas uh, where we start getting into some teams that ASU did play. Utah, West Virginia, any any big thoughts on that one? I took West Virginia. I, I think Utah had a weird year. and did. You know, I think that, honestly, it, it's weird to think of West Virginia – being in the Big 12. It is. But yes. the Big 12, I think, was better top to bottom than the Pac-12 was. Yeah. And so yeah, when you've I, got two middling teams, I, I'll go with West Virginia. I would have gone West Virginia easy in this game, except for the fact that Will Greer is probably going to miss it. I mean, he had the finger surgery, and I don't think they're going to bring him back for that game. So I went with Utah. Not overly confident, though. Put it as an eight-point game, so... Not super confident, but uh, I think Kyle Whittingham's like nine and one in bowl games. So again, we get into that discussion of you know, do teams show up motivated? Utah seems to with him, and West Virginia. I don't know what the backup quarterback how good they'll be. Yeah, Kyle Whittingham's like a baby Nick Saban. He if you give him all kinds of time to prepare, he'll get he you. He does well. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I got a little difference there, but again, not hugely confident in it. Uh, Cactus Bowl that night, K-State, UCLA. You got Josh Rosen's college finale, provided he does play. K-State, apparently not Bill Snyder's finale. He's coming back again, I guess. So, thoughts on that one? Well, I assume that Rosen's gone to the NFL. My yes. my pick right now is UCLA, because I okay. expect Rosen to play. But if he yeah. does the... Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette move, and, and as a guy who's injury prone, yeah. there's really not a reason for him to play in the Cactus Bowl. I will flip it to Kansas State. Yeah, yeah, I've got a K State right now, but again, not too confident. I have it nine points. I have it UCLA for seven. So okay, yeah, so we're kind of on the same page there. Those are as two teams that have been just you know very inconsistent. Um, 
neither one has been overly impressive on a regular basis. That's why they're in this game. Um, I kind of just don't trust UCLA. Their defense is bad. And, and yeah, you don't know what you're going to have with Rosen. So if he does play, it might change my thought, but I'm probably going to lean this because there's just this feeling that, like, what if he plays and leaves after the first quarter because he's nicked up and they're not going to push him? I mean, kind of like they did in the regular season finale. He didn't play the second half because mm-hmm. he got, you know, banged up and they didn't want to bring him back. I mean, it's a way to get kids to want to play for you who have NFL aspirations. If you say, look, we'll, yeah. we'll make that the priority too, but yeah, it's yeah. bad for winning yeah, bowl I mean, games. <laughs> you know, selfishly as somebody who might attend that game, I'm hoping he does play, uh, as, as somebody just looking at it objectively, I would probably tell him not to play. There's no reason for him to risk injury in a game like that. Uh, you know, when you're the, maybe the number one draft pick, I think when it's said done, he's going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, I would not risk it in a meaningless bowl game. Yeah. I mean, it. I think right now McShay had him two behind Darnold, yeah. but, yeah. you know, either way, I mean, that's a... Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's going to go high, and, and there's some thought that Darnold's going back to school. Uh, there, there seems to be a lot of, you know, whispers to that effect, so that would, you know, put him clearly at the top. Um, and I think when, I, like I said, I just think when, when the full evaluations are done, I have a feeling teams are going to fall more in love with his traditional you know skill set Darnold's a little bit more improvisational a little bit you know wind up delivery and get out of the pocket Rosen's a little bit more like yep guy who stands in the pocket throws a good ball everything looks right with him I just think they're going to end up leaning his way I hope that Sam Darnold just loves you know loves college and that's why he's doing this but if he loves the idea of being the number one pick in the draft and loves the idea of making that kind of money, he should have a good long talk with Matt Leinert. He should. Well, and he should have a better talk probably with Matt Barkley, uh, who was you know maybe not going to be number one overall, but probably would have gone first round, maybe you know top ten, and came back and ended up going fourth round and has never really gotten the opportunity. So yeah, it's it's a tough call, um, you know, because as much as we talk about those two. You can also look at another guy from USC who did leave early that people say, oh, he should have stayed, and that was Mark Sanchez. And yet, Mark Sanchez went number five overall, made a lot of money, uh, you know, got to start right away for the Jets, had some success. Um, you know, would, whose career would you rather have, Mark Sanchez or Matt Leinart, Matt Barkley? Probably Mark Sanchez. I think I would. Well, he's still playing, and Leinart exactly. is not. Leinart's not, <laughs> and Barkley's barely still hanging on in the league. Um, and, you know, Leinert, Barkley, you know, total, uh, how many playoff games did they start? Zero. Mark yeah. Sanchez started six, got to two AFC title games. So, you know, it wasn't yeah. the career that people expected for him, and maybe if he'd come back, he would have been more prepared for the NFL. But at the same time, the opportunity to play, you know, and make that kind of money was huge. Well, and Sanchez, let's be honest, he could have been, um, you know, one of those guys who decide, oh, I'm not the starter, I'm out. But instead, he kept going. He fought through yeah. and, and has now had kind of a nice second act in, in the Kellen Clemens Agreed. around. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, this is his ninth year in the NFL, uh, you know, so close to a decade if he, if he plays, you know, that's pretty good and made a lot of money and had a lot, you know, had a fair amount of success. You know, again, was it the career that it was supposed to be when he went number five overall? No, but not bad and you know certainly worked out better than Barkley you know Leiner did go top 10 made some money but did not have that second act as you said that Sanchez is having so what's the next game what do you, where do you want to go uh, we go to the next day I guess it's what Florida State Southern Miss um, not a great game but because I'm a Florida State fan I gotta I gotta say I, I am taking Florida State pretty confidently in that one I am not no. I'm going Southern Miss, uh, okay. and I'll tell you why. Coaching changes, weird season. This yeah, is and, and and honestly, you've got – and look, I, I have this as a five-point game. I don't think it's like a lock or anything. But, yeah. but Florida State, this bowl game doesn't matter to them. Southern Miss playing Florida State, that matters to them. True, true. I mean, there is something to be said for that, I guess. I guess my feeling is that – Florida State rallied to make this bowl game. They were two and five. 
and they had to, you know, finish strong to even get to a bowl, and they did, and they won their last game without Jimbo Fisher. So I kind of feel like they will continue to kind of have that, you know, rallying cry of let's, you know, hey, as weird as the season was, as terrible as it was at times, you know, if you can finish seven and six, I mean, it's nothing that's going to, you know, go in the all-time records at Florida State, obviously, but. You could feel decent about it because, man, it sure was off the rails when they were two and five, got blown out by Boston College. You know, it's hard to see a way to even making a bowl game at that point. Big, big academic sports year for Boston College with wins against Florida State in football and Duke in basketball. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yes, yes. And I guess that's a smooth segue as we talk Boston College to the next game, Iowa and D.C. Iowa won one fun game. Right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, Ohio State. So, my first thought is, is Iowa good? Like, I don't think so. And, and, and uh, you know, and then, is BC good? So, here's where I landed. I took Iowa on yeah. the idea that their fans will travel better. That That's, yeah. that's the logic I yeah. use. <laughs> I took BC, uh, and I know it's it's one that you know they give you on ESPN. They give you kind of the uh, you know the percentage, I guess, of people picking them or whatever. And BC is you know huge underdog according to that. I don't think I was that good. And BC was a team that kind of you know early in the year looked like the same old BC. They couldn't score. They were awful, you know. And then they found their offense and they started winning games. And so kind of a team that comes in. You know, seven and five, but finished on a more positive note than other teams that went seven and five, um, like Iowa, for example, didn't really finish on that positive of a note. You know, kind of limped to the finish line. So I took BC, took it nineteen points, not overly confident, kind of middle of the pack. I went Iowa at twenty-three. Um, okay, so mm-hmm. we're in the same ballpark there. So, all right, then we get to Arizona Purdue, mighty Wildcats. Seven and five, taking on Jeff Brom and the Boilermakers. I took Arizona because I did. Their coach is still there. Yeah, they're too. they're confident, yeah. and so I took them. <laughs> yeah, I think they're better. I just don't think the Big Ten's that good this year beyond the top maybe two or three teams. You know, Purdue's a nice story that they got to six and six, and I think Jeff Brom's a good coach, and they'll see better days with him. Uh, this is a nice start for him, but yeah, I took Arizona pretty confident. I have 39 points. Wow. You went higher than me. Um, I stuck them right in the middle. I just, they're, okay. they're 24 ish. And, okay. and I, okay. I reserve the right to bounce these a point or two one way or the other, but yeah. Oh, I've already moved them a little bit today, actually, as I was yeah. looking at it before we talked. So there's some, there's some movement there, but yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in that one, even though obviously I'll root for Purdue. I just don't think Purdue is that good. Where uh, where do you want to go next? Well, the last game of that day would be Texas-Missouri. I'm going Missouri pretty confident because, and I don't know if I texted you to this effect, but Drew Locke could be the quarterback that no one's talking about who ends up going very high in the draft this year. The kid really came on. If he does come out, I think people will fall in love with him. So I also took Mizzou. Um, I think Texas is a year away from really making noise, yeah. though. Um, uh, I had higher expectations for them this year. Maybe I shouldn't have. Um, and you also look, you talked about, you know, we talked about Rosen. Texas already has, I think, three guys that are announced they're, you know, leaving and, and going pro and sitting out the game. Another one is still questionable, Malik Jefferson. Uh, so, that you know, they're losing a fair amount of talent on a team that wasn't great anyway, uh, you know, for this game. So, uh, yeah, I just, I think, you know, Missouri's riding high. Missouri started one and five. Had some embarrassing losses. They were talking about firing the coach, and they turned it around, win six in a row, beat Florida, beat Tennessee. Coach gets an extension. Uh, you know, team talk about a team coming in feeling really good about themselves is Missouri. Yeah. Um, let's get to some ranked games. Let's, let's Okay. What do we got? Let's see. So we'll skip over Virginia Navy and go to yeah, Thursday. We got we got three straight games of Top 25 teams, Vitek, Oklahoma State, kicks it off for us. The Camping World Bowl, one of three games at Camping World Stadium this year. I mean, if you would have told me that I could have gone to three bowl games at Camping World Stadium, I would have said, <laughs> wow, I, yeah. I love it. I'm so glad yeah. that we have the Camping yeah. World Bowl and two other bowls. 
And another, yeah, one of them on the first day, the uh, the Cure Bowl, and then the traditional Citrus Bowl on January 1. So, yeah, that stadium's going to get a workout. Orlando, Florida, place to be. Yeah, yeah. So, good game, though. Uh, you know, interesting. Top, like we said, it's the first top 25 matchup we've got. First game, I think, at all. Well, I guess Boise State is 25. Yeah. Um, but, you know, definitely the highest ranked teams we've talked about yet. I'm going with Oklahoma State. Similar to my logic uh, uh, across the board, I think their conference is the better conference, and therefore yeah. I think they are the better team. I, I took them too. I didn't take them that confident because they were kind of inconsistent this year. I had higher expectations for them. I picked them to win the Big 12. Um, and their defense is continually bad. Um, but great offense. You know, Mason Rudolph and James Washington and you know, they, they can score in bunches. Virginia Tech just not that good of an offense. So I took them 16 points. Like not hugely confident, like I said, but not too down on them either. Yep. I uh, I took them. I have them in the uh, in the upper 20s. Okay. Okay. And we got the two night games, Stanford TCU, and then weird Holiday Bowl, not on ESPN. Uh that's a first. You know, Holiday Bowl's always been on ESPN, but Washington State, Michigan State, and the Holiday Bowl. A couple good ones there at night. Yeah, I I think the Pac-12 splits it. I'm taking Stanford and, and then Michigan State. That's the same thing I got, yeah, with less confidence in Michigan State, but better defensive team. Uh, Washington State, you know, had the chance to go to the Pac-12 title game and laid an egg. So hard to trust them. I took Stanford. It's a good game. I mean, a good defense against Stanford's, you know, power running game. But, uh, you know, Stanford tends to come through in games like that. I I think they're just a little bit better than TCU. But, you know, should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I've got Stanford 35 points on that one. I got Stanford pretty high. uh, Where did I put them? 24 points. So not as high as that. but, But, yeah, pretty high up. And I think I'm more confident in Michigan State than you are because Washington State, you know, had a weird yeah, – the whole Leach thing did. was just weird. And he's a weird guy to begin with. But, but he's <laughs> very weird, yeah. Yeah, you know, strange year for them. I mean, Falk got benched twice in games. Um, you know, just, just an odd year. I mean, they finished 9-3, and three, so there's not much to complain about. But it was just a year where things felt off all year. Even as they kept winning games, they just weren't clicking. Yeah. I mean, they got to 9-3, and three, but it was a weird – Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. So, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an odd year. and Plus, I, I can't remember who they played last year, but they I want to say they played maybe Minnesota. And I thought they would roll, and they just got shut down. Uh, and so I'm kind of I'm leery on them against an out-of-conference opponent because I had, you know, I thought that was an easy money game last year. Picked them very confident, and they did not play well at all. Well, and that was sort of the MO at Texas Tech for Leach, too. Is, it was. You know, this is great week to week, but when a team is rested and healthy and, right, right. you know. Yeah, it was. So that's, yeah, yeah, I, I went Michigan State, you know, didn't have it that confident because of the fact that Washington State can be one of those teams like Leach was at Texas Tech where, you know, if things are rolling, I mean, they can roll up 50 points on you without breaking a sweat. But I just don't trust them to be able to do that here. Yeah. I have Michigan State. I have them in, in uh, at 28. Okay. One difference between how I pick and how you pick, I think, is I the teams I know, I either go twenty five and higher or like <laughs> one to five because yeah, there's yeah I mean uh, there's a few um, that I put you know for example my forty game is Florida Atlantic because I don't know much about Florida Atlantic but they've been rolling all year they're playing a seven and six Akron team they're playing at home like that you know I don't know anything about it but I just feel like that's a cinch. So there's there's a few I took Toledo very high you know some of those that I'm kind of just going off of reputation which is dangerous but looking at the matchup and seeing I think this team is really good the other team not so much yeah yeah so we just we have our systems mine yes. usually leads yes. me to finishing last in these things but hey it's, that's what's fun about it you but, know you never know yeah but I'm comfortable with my system um, yes so then uh, why what do you want to go to next because. At some point, I have I have things to say about this uh, this Washington Penn State game. So when we get there, okay, I, I, okay, okay. Well, let's let's keep going in order. 
We'll get there, though. Uh, now, I guess, first of December 29th, Wake Forest A&M. I took Wake Forest. Uh, pretty good, you know, again, kind of like BC, a team that got better over the course of the year. What was your thought on that one? I took A&M, and the logic was my, you know, roughly equal take on the teams. SEC is yes. a better conference. Take A&M. Not, okay. not that high on either of these teams. I've got it, like, no, 20-ish. No, guy had 17 points for Wake Forest. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Next game after that, NC State, ASU. We'll talk about that in more depth, I'm sure, as we get closer. But who was your pick? I took the Sun Devils of Arizona State University. Did you? I did not. I, I have to. I, I'm contractually obligated to take them uh, and believe in them. Know, I mean, you know, I hope they win, but uh, that's a big old 41-pointer right there, NC State. <laughs> wow. Uh, I am not, not feeling good about this. I think NC State's D-line is going to manhandle our offensive line, uh, and, I, and I just think they're, you know, they've got enough weapons on offense. Uh, I think our, you know, attention has been split on the new coach and the old coach, and yeah, I don't, I don't feel good. It's, it's not quite at the level of 2011 when we went to the Vegas Bowl and lost to Boise, but it's close for me. I feel like it's a pretty lopsided game. I mean, I've got us as six, so okay, okay. you know, they're not hugely confident in it, but uh, no, but I'm picking yeah, us. I, I mean, I would be happy to be wrong. You know, that's sometimes how I make these picks. If I feel like, you know, yeah, okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Great. ASU won. But I just don't feel good about this. It's uh, Like I said, it's not as bad as the Vegas Bowl. That was a team that had quit on the season. Uh, you know, Erickson was playing out the string, you know, as a lame duck coach. And Boise was really good. Boise should have been in a better game than that. This isn't quite to that level, but I still feel like it's just a lopsided matchup. Yeah, agreed. But we'll talk more about that. Yeah, as it gets I've got, I mean... We're going to get into this whole Phil Bennett lame duck coach situation. Right. We're going to get right. into a lot more, but yes, yes, yes. So keep motoring through Northwestern Kentucky. I got Northwestern and very confident, thirty-eight points. Uh, I have Northwestern, and they are my forty-point game. Okay, so we're on the same page there. Then we get into our first New Year's Six game: USC and Ohio State Rose Bowl esque matchup in the Cotton Bowl. Thoughts on that one? I'm taking Ohio State. Okay. I could be talked either way, but I I watch that Badger game pretty closely. Yeah. And they're good. USC's good too, but I don't know. There's just something I trust Urban Meyer yeah. more than Clay Helton in a big game. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, um, that's hard to argue. I took USC on the thought of, Ohio State is going to spend, you know, last week, this week, thinking, why aren't we in the playoff? We should have been in the playoff. Whereas I think USC, you know, yeah, you could make an argument for them. They didn't They didn't wake up that Sunday morning really thinking they were going to get in the playoff. Ohio State did. And, and so I look at motivation. I always think the team that barely misses out on whether it's the BCS title game back in the day or, you know, you just don't show up really that focused. And so I, I took USC on that. Not confident, only 11 points, but kind of lean in just that way. Yeah, I just think I just think you give Urban Meyer time. He find, he motivates his teams. He's got a good track record in bowl games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. Good game. It'll be it'll be fun. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a matchup. Just the traditional powers and see those two teams face off. I, I mean. They, they played, I know, in the regular season, uh, what was it, like 08, 09, one of the years Sanchez was the starter. Um, played two good games there. Barkley went and won in Columbus, I remember. But can't beat a matchup between two programs like that. Yeah. It's All right, then we move on. December 30th, Louisville, Mississippi State, the swan song very likely for Lamar Jackson. I took Louisville pretty confident. I took Mississippi State. I think okay. – I know that they are going through their own coaching, yeah. whatever, but that defense is good, and they have played teams hard all year. They have. And, they have. I agree. And if they were whole, I would take Mississippi State. If Nick Fitzgerald was playing, if they had their you know head coach and defensive coordinator, they don't have any of the three. And I think Lamar Jackson is just a special talent. I'm not sure we're gonna we're gonna spend some time. I'm sure over the next few months talking about quarterbacks in the NFL and where Lamar Jackson fits. Don't know how he's going to fit in there. 
but in college, boy, he is electric. And I think, you know, he'll just put on a show. I'm not super confident, but I, I'm taking Mississippi State. Okay. I took Louisville with 29 points. I took Mississippi State with less than 10. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, very quickly, did you take our old offensive coordinator, Mike Norvell, in Memphis over Iowa State? You know I did, and I gave him I thirty-four well. points. I got all. That's exactly I, where I have it. Thirty-four. Okay. Well, we will we will be a wash on that one. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Uh, Iowa State, good team, but Memphis can score in bunches. Iowa State cannot. In a bowl game, I feel like you give the advantage to a team that can score like arena football. Yeah. And then we get to your game. So talk, Washington, Penn State. I think that Penn State's going to win because. Okay. I am now out on this whole Washington experiment because I don't know what this team is. I, I don't get it. Last year they're great, then this year they're undefeated, then they can't score against us, and then all of a sudden they yeah. can't score at all, and then then yeah. they just blow people out. And it, it, yeah. it's driving me insane. I, you I know. Penn State as well. Now I will say I'm, I'm a little – I guess there's some caution there for me because Penn State lost their offensive coordinator to go be the Mississippi State coach. And Washington's got a really good defense. I mean, we saw that. That was consistent for them. They, you're right, they did struggle to score. Uh, but, boy, their defense was good all year. And Penn State's offensive line is very good. And so you feel like, you know, they could really shut down that running game. And then you don't have the coordinator to come up with the creative stuff that he did over the course of the year. But I took Penn State because of Saquon Barkley, primarily. I think he's the best running back, you know, in the country, maybe along with Bryce Love. Uh, you know, so I, I kind of went with him just on that basis alone. Well, and that's the thing is, it's easy to be the offensive coordinator when you have such a talented running back. True. So true. You know, and when found it, ways to uh, use the two quarterbacks now. I mean, McSorley's the starter, but they're using the backup kid as a runner. I think he's the you know the future guy there. Um, so it'll be a good game. I mean, it, you know, Washington style. Is interesting. You're right. I mean, it was a strange year for them. Ten and two, kind of felt like a hollow year, um, which you know, saying something because Washington fans would have killed for ten and two not long ago. But now this year, it was like, ah, this Browning kid's not getting it done, and Peterson's, uh, you know, like, ah, remember where you were not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Washington, they win this game, they have a top ten year again. That's back to back top yeah. ten years. It's nothing to sneeze at. No, no, not at all. No, so I took Penn State pretty confident, but I could move that down. That's that's a game that prior to the game starting, I, I could definitely drop that a lot because I'm talking myself into Washington just as we talk. Uh, I am going to stick with my confident Penn State pick. I have them at 36 right now. Okay. I mean, maybe moving things a point or two here and there, but I think that's going to stay. Just because I think there's, I think there's a chance Washington comes out and scores like four points, just two yeah. safeties, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> I took Penn State at twenty-seven, so that's where I sit right now. Um, and then we get another New Year's Six game: Wisconsin, Miami. Uh, I think Miami is uh, uh, to, to steal from Pat Forty a hot air balloon that is leaking helium. They are falling apart. Wisconsin, I think, will win that game pretty easily. I also took the Badgers. I have them as my 38-point win. They're 36 uh, for me, so we're on the same page there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I feel like, uh, you know, Miami was 9-0, and but they were kind of fool's gold 9-0, and 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 they got exposed at the end of the year. Um, you know, good team, nice overachieving season with things to build on, but they're just ultimately not as good as their record indicated. They won a lot of games in ugly fashion, and as soon as the, you know, the balloon popped up against Pitt. You saw how bad it got against Clemson. I think that'll just continue. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with that. So, then we get to January 1. We're coming down the stretch here. Three more games before the playoffs. Michigan, South Carolina. The rematch of the Jadavian Clowney Bowl and the Outback Bowl. With, what are your thoughts? With much less on the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm having a hard time... Picking it against Michigan, um, yeah. I, I just I don't know. It was a weird year. Uh, you know, somebody I can't remember who it was on ESPN. I think said that Harbaugh has been oddly quiet. He has. Yes. Yeah. And I think that this may have been 
a moderately, considering who we're talking about, a moderately humbling year for Jim Harbaugh. Um, but I think they're going to win. So I, I took them. Okay. I went South Carolina because of the fact I just don't think it's it's a, it's been a rough year for Michigan. Now, I'm very, very, very high on what Michigan could do in the 2018 season. Um, but they need that quarterback. They don't have him yet. Well, they have him, but he's not eligible to play yet. I think he's going to be eligible to play um, beginning in September, I hope. And that's going to change things a lot, I feel like. But I took South Carolina. Not confident, though. 14 points. So a down-the-board kind of game. I think that uh, this whole transfer waiver thing, we're going to have to start looking into more. Because a a lot of these, I'm not understanding why they qualify for waivers. Not to say Patterson doesn't. But, you know, you're going to – because I would assume – that you'll see Eason transfer and seek a waiver. It seems like the thing we do. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he can get one. I mean, I think with Patterson, you look at it from common sense of the fact that Ole Miss is on a bull band. They had their coach fired. These guys can make a pretty compelling case that they might have been lied to when they were recruited. Uh, <laughs> and I, So I think they'll get it. Um, and and don't forget that sense. they put him back on the field when he had torn right, the ligaments exactly. in his knee. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I am tremendously excited by the potential fit in fact i believe when we were at old miss uh that day i said if i'm shay patterson and i'm transferred i'm going to michigan and i'm going to get coached by jim harbaugh sure enough that's where he is i think that's a fantastic fit with a lot of good skill guys coming back a lot of good defensive players coming back to me no excuses i mean if he's eligible and he's the quarterback it's put up or shut up time for jim harbaugh at michigan i think people have been a little too harsh on him this year they lost a ton from last year's team but there's no excuses in 2018. You got to do it. Time to win the Big Ten. Time to go to the playoff. Time to run with the big boys. It was just a weird thing for you to say in the handshake line to Shea Patterson. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that because I was starstruck. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I, my mouth was a game. He he seemed pretty into the handshake too. Um, he did. He did. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, we saw his last game at Ole Miss and. Uh, Hopefully the next time we see him on the field will be uh, September 1st in Notre Dame Stadium. What a thriller that would be. Michigan-Notre Dame rivalry rekindled and Shea Patterson under center for Michigan. That would be appointment TV for me. So we are both on Michigan, but awkwardly so? I took South Carolina, uh, but I could could talk myself out of that. That's one I could change. I mean, you've you've talked me into it with your talking yourself out of your South Carolina pick. So, <laughs> okay, all right, and then uh, let's see two others. So Notre Dame, LSU, thoughts? Coach O, all about Coach O. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not even sure who I picked here. I didn't pick it with much confidence. Yeah, I picked Notre Dame. Twelve points, though. I think it's a toss-up game. Uh, how how confident did you go? Uh, TBD. I didn't. Okay. Move, I haven't moved that one yet, so it's still okay. pretty high. Okay. Um, in the middle. Okay. All right. But it will be lower. It's. Uh, okay. I good. probably. I'll probably wind up with it somewhere in the twenties. All right. But All right. I believe Sounds in. Good. I believe in Coach O. I believe in that talent. Um, yes. Assume, I mean, but again, if Key and Geis both don't play. Right. Um, now they say they're going to. I know Geis said he is playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it, that, that's a good game, you know. If you got two good running backs, Josh Adams and Geis, you know, two teams that overachieved this year, probably even though their fans wouldn't agree, um, you know. But rough years last year for both of them. Uh, LSU was in the dumps to start the year, losing to Troy. Came back, finished nine to three, not bad, uh, you know. And Notre Dame obviously was eight and one, kind of finished the year on a down note, but still keep it in perspective when they were four and eight last year. Yeah. What did you do with the final non-playoff game? I took uh, Auburn, um, but I am a little concerned that Carrion Johnson won't play. And then I don't know you know, how confident I want to stay there. Um, there's a part of me that wants to take UCF because of the you know emotion of Scott Frost still coaching them. But I just think Auburn's better. Um, now, you do wonder about motivation. You know, they're, they're back in the same place they were for the SEC title game. So it's not even a new venue. And they could go through the motions, but I took Auburn for now. I took Auburn with a lot of confidence. Um, okay, I think that there you can go a long way on emotion and belief in yourself, uh, especially in academia. 
I think yeah. less so on the football field, and I think that they're going to line up, and Auburn's going to be bigger, faster, stronger everywhere. I think you're right. Oh, they are. oh, they Matt, are. Matt, through the miracle of modern technology, we're going to stop recording right here. I'm going to get my pizza, and we're going to pick back up, okay? So we're going to stop. Pick up with the playoff games, and then pick up with our remaining topics. Yes. And we're back. Through the miracle of modern technology, you don't even know that we were gone for like 20 right. minutes for That's me right. to eat some food. Uh, so Matt, we got three games left, the two final four games in the national championship. Where are you going? Well, where I'm going in the picks, probably opposite of where I hope they go, but this is what I tend to do. I hedge my bets. I pick the teams I don't want to win so that then if they do win, I can get something out of it. So in the picks, I picked Oklahoma and Alabama. I did too. It'll go the opposite way. I picked Oklahoma and Alabama too. I I think, I mean, if I was picking without, we don't really have anything on the line, but it's one of those things like when I, when I feel like I've got something at stake, I try to pick opposite of the way I want. Um, I do think Georgia and uh, Oklahoma, you know, I told you this when the announcement was first made. You know, Georgia's got the good defense. Oklahoma's got the good offense. And generally, nine times out of ten, take the good defense. Um, so, I, you know, I could be talked into that. Clemson-Alabama is a is a really tough game to pick. I mean, Clemson has been great this year and gotten better at the end of the year. You know, they kind of had a midseason lull. And at the end of the year, they got, you know, they got right back to the top. Um, it's tough. I mean, those are two really good games that I think both could go either way, really. Yeah, I mean, I think they could go either way. I, you know, Alabama's got a chip on their shoulder about the Clemson game last year. And Clemson's still good. I mean, they reloaded. They did everything that I didn't think they would do, quite honestly, at the start of the year. Yeah, they really are. Uh, You know, and I think they will also, you know, the the immediate reaction was, you know, oh, well, Alabama's going to come in like the underdog. They're not. And, and I think, you know, Clemson and their, you know, Dabo Sweeney's a good motivator. He'll use that to his advantage. He'll get his guys thinking, well, hey, wait a minute. We beat these guys last year. We're the number one seed. And yet people are all in on Alabama. Well, how many times we got to beat them to show them? And so they'll have that same, you know, I think they'll both have that same sort of nobody believes in us mantra, which then it kind of evens out. Yeah. Nobody believes in anybody in the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. So, you know, I, I think it'll be uh, it'll be two good ones. I, I'd be surprised, you know, even though recent history, the, the history of the playoffs says majority of these semifinal games have been lopsided. Um, you know, last year there was a shutout, Clemson and Ohio State. The year before there was a shutout, Alabama and Michigan State. There haven't, you know, the final games have been really good, certainly the last two. The semifinals have not. I think that trend will change this year because I think these two semifinals will be pretty close, both of them. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun uh, for sure. Yeah. And then I'm the one, the are one you, I feel like could could you know if Oklahoma gets out to a lead on Georgia and Georgia ends up having to play from behind, that could that's a game that could get away from them because we saw that against Auburn. They're not really built to you know throw it and come from 10, 14 points behind. So they need to kind of you know get out in front, stay even with them, and get them having to play the chaser. Who do you have in the t- winning the title? Um, well, I picked the winner of the Alabama Clemson game in the pool uh, because I think they might be the two best teams. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. Um, I went that way. If I had to pick all the way through, I mean, if I was picking just just on my own merits, no nothing on the line, I'd probably pick Clemson. Uh, I think they're the best team. Um, They've been the best team, you know, and they've got the good defense. Uh, but it's, you know, they, it's no easy draw to start out with, obviously. This is not like picking a one seed to win the college basketball tournament. You feel like, well, they'll, they'll make it to the Sweet 16 at least. Like, they could get beat in the first game, and it wouldn't be a huge surprise. Yeah. I, uh, I also have the winner of that game, but I just expect it to be Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting. You know, it's, uh, it's the fun of this, this time of year. We'll get to see it. See how these things shake out, obviously. One thing that we're going to have to address is, uh, you know, ASU in their Sun Bowl prep. Um, 
Obviously, Herm Edwards hasn't been officially approved by the Board of Regents with his five-year, $2 million contract. But uh, as soon as that's official, he's also going to have to add a completely new defensive staff, it looks like. Phil Bennett confirmed initial reports that he is not going to come back. He's not going to coach the defense under Herm Edwards. Um, And with that, much of the defensive coaching staff has also decided to leave following the bowl game. Um, There is talk from Jeff Metcalf that you've uh, alerted me to that uh, we're looking at Texas Tech's defensive coordinator. Yeah, I'd like to hope that's not it. Uh, Although I'm recently burned by saying, oh, he's just a candidate, don't worry about it. Uh, just media speculation. Well, I thought that about Herm Edwards and turned out to be more than that. Um, but yeah, that does nothing to excite me. Uh, I, you know, I guess he was an assistant, uh, with the chiefs under Edwards. So there's some connection there. Uh, you know, and, and look, it's kind of like talking about Phil Bennett. Did they have a lot of talent defensively at Texas tech? Probably not. And so are judging him by that maybe is unfair, but nonetheless, it's hard to get excited about a guy coming in whose defense has been just about as bad as ours the last two years. That's that's really hard to believe you're going to take a giant leap forward. Yeah. And uh, with the way recruits are, you know, fleeing their verbal commitments, um, it's going to be a lot of the guys who you've seen now. Who are it gonna... is. It is. And that's not to be unexpected. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not surprised by that. I'm not alarmed by it. We, this happens every time there's a coaching change made. Guys are going to look and see different options and that, you know, that's the way it is. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, we talked a little bit in text about Bill Bennett yesterday and I feel like, I feel like sort of, sort of like the Todd Graham, you know, there's all this, Oh, well, this is big trouble. Phil Bennett's leaving. Like he improved the defense, but let's keep in mind, there wasn't much room to get worse. I mean, we were one of the worst defenses in the entire country and by some measures the worst in 2016. Uh, so they got better, but they weren't great. You know, we're, we, he didn't magically come in here and wave a wand and this turned into a dominant defense. Uh, with a better defense, we would have beaten Texas Tech. We would have beaten UCLA. And Todd Graham probably doesn't get fired if you win those games. So, um, you know, he did a nice job. And would I have been upset if he came back? No. But am I thinking that this is disastrous because he's not coming back? No on that one, too. My concern is that the early signing period for recruiting is a week from today. Yeah. And we are not – we're not trending the right way. And I knew things were going to be difficult. I, I yeah. think everyone did. Um, and I was heartened when on the announcement of Graham being fired – how Ray Anderson said, we need to have somebody in place. We need to have a plan for early signing period. We're not going to let this go, but we haven't added a recruit. I haven't heard of very many offers even going out. No, you know, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, I I said that a couple times ago when we talked like you, you just kind of know when a, when a coach gets hired and especially in this particular case, when he doesn't have relationships built, so he's not going to bring recruits from wherever he was. You know, he wasn't coaching. Mm-hmm. So there's there's going to be a lead here. I mean, you just kind of have to chalk this one up and say that this is probably not going to be a stellar recruiting class. But the pressure will be on big time to have a stellar recruiting class beginning next year. Because, as I said also recently, this is not a slow rebuild. I don't have the stomach to wait three or four years for this to get good. And Ray Anderson has told us not to have that stomach. So, you know... I'm, I'm going to accept some lean parts of this year because of the fact you're making a change, but not after that. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's what you sent out, and we've talked about it, right. and we're going to keep talking about it. You say that that's what's acceptable. Yeah. You hire an older coach who's not a program builder. Right. Um, and you kept everyone else around who you said yeah. had it pointed in the right direction, or at least tried yeah. to defensively yeah. and did successfully offensively. Right, exactly. Which I always have had the feeling that this is probably how it would go. Uh, I'm not sure that I totally believe that Herm Edwards 100% wanted Phil Bennett back. I think it. I think it may have been a conversation 
where they sat down and they said, you know, I like you and you like me, but this just isn't a great fit for either one of us. Uh, Herm Edwards is a defensive guy. I'm sure he's got plenty of people that he knows who he's going to want to, you know, I mean, yes, he's probably to be the CEO, but his roots are in defense. So I can see him, you know, wanting to bring in somebody that he knows and has worked with. Uh, and, and that's okay. You know, as I said to you yesterday, making a coaching change and then keeping everything about the old coach except the old coach didn't really make a lot of sense to me. So, you know, let's let's get a new approach on defense. That's okay. And, and you know, let's just trust that he can go find the right guys, multiple guys, not just the coordinator, but, you know, position coaches that can do that. Uh, you know, that makes sense to me. So uh, I think they made it sound like that's, well, they really wanted it back, but I'm not sure I believe that. Crazy thought. Todd Graham for defensive coordinator. Just keep it in mind. <laughs> Just something to keep. Yeah, uh, so crazy <laughs> that uh, it's not going to happen. Um, Over Ray Anderson's dead body, will that happen? Yeah, well, we'll get into more of this uh, as the early signing period opens up yeah. and as uh, ASU's bowl looms, but that the news in Tempe is not the football team. It's their AP number five in the country men's basketball team who have been uh, lauded. They received five first place votes in the AP. They've they've never been ranked one or two in the history of the program. No, no. Um, This is, uh, you know, we talked about it Sunday night and it is truly, it is, you know, uncharted territory for our lifetimes. Last time we were ranked in the top 10 was 1981. Neither of us uh, was alive. Um, and, and so, you know, every student, every undergraduate, except for maybe, a, you know, one or two who are going back to school can probably say the same. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's truly new territory. And the bandwagon is rocking now. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know if you can, you can sense it, or, you know, from reading, but um, just, you know, anecdotal evidence. I'm, you know, walking around work. I wore an ASU shirt on Monday and I had multiple people. Oh, did you watch that basketball game? And I thought, well, where did this come from? You know, who, who ever, who's ever talked about ASU basketball? It's uh, like, uh, yes, I did. I, I've yeah. been watching every game pretty yeah, much. Yeah. For- it's, uh, you know, I got an email today. I'm on the, the you know, email from buying tickets. I got an email from Ticketmaster. For a pre-sale for ASU basketball, you're not, you know, pre-sale for your conference games. And I thought, boy, when is the last time Ticketmaster or any ticket, you know, site was was hyping up ASU basketball tickets? Um, but you know, this is this is how it works in this city. Now the bandwagon can empty out as fast as it build up, faster actually. So you know, it's it's tenuous, but yeah, right now people are excited, and I'm glad. I mean, we've we wait a long time for an exciting feeling around ASU basketball like the one that's going on this week. Well, and ASU, you know, ASU operations could not have been happier because the final week to buy your season tickets was the week after the game. So yeah, yeah. every yeah. marketing no, campaign, every everything was aligned yeah. right for well, – and- and I admit it's working on me. Uh, I mean, I'm part of it. I, you know, as much as I do love this program and have paid attention, I haven't gone to a game yet this year. They're playing Vandy on Sunday. When the schedule came out, I thought, ah, it's an NFL Sunday. I'm probably going to stay home and watch NFL. Now I'm looking at the NFL schedule and I'm thinking, I think I'm going to go to that ASU game because the NFL schedule is not that great. And ASU is number five in the country. And I feel like, you know, I want to be there. So, I'm a part of it, uh, you know, I mean, and, and I can see why other people are feeling that way because I'm falling into the same pattern. I, I think it's great because, you know, we should be Vandy, other than that USC game that we talked about, yeah. they're not that good. And then the next two you games know. are easy um, yeah. and should be, you know, you should be able to sleepwalk through those games. Yeah, yeah, we Which probably will. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've seen these enough before, especially that. That last game before Christmas is always like a guaranteed ugly win. I don't care how good or bad ASU is. It just always turns into one of those games that like you win by 10 or 15, but you don't feel great about it. Yeah. But it is exciting. You know, the, those yeah. guard U shirts have uh, <laughs> taken off. I, I know. I mean, that's another 
element that, you know, people are, are just, they're jumping all in. They're, you know, people are jumping feet first onto the bandwagon. Uh, and, and that's great. You know, I, like I told you on Sunday night when we talked, there's a bit of a feeling for me of like, well, hey, where have you been? But then there's another feeling for me that says, we need you. We, we you know, we need people to jump on the bandwagon. If, if people don't get interested after what's happened so far, they never will. And, you know, we've talked a lot about when, how can you raise interest in this program and get this program a pulse? Well, this is the time to do it. And so I'm glad people are responding. Yeah, I mean, it's a where have you been and welcome back because yeah, we've exactly. missed you. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and, and welcome back to some, welcome to some others who have never been there. Uh, you know, I'm sure there will be people in the stands on Sunday that have never been to an ASU basketball game before. Uh, you know, or it's been years. Maybe the last time they went was when James Harden was playing here. So, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bandwagon town. It's a town that, quite honestly, right now is thirsting for success. The Diamondbacks made the playoffs. That was great. People got into that. But the Suns suck. Cardinals have had a disappointing year. The Coyotes are what the Coyotes always are. Um, and, and so, you know, there is room for people to jump on a bandwagon here because – they're not really competing with anybody else at this point. Yeah. And lest we be remiss, the Diamondbacks are now looking to trade Zach Greinke to save some they money. Are. They are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have their dilapidated stadium that, you know, they're trying to sell people to buy season tickets on a stadium that they're also saying is a rundown piece of garbage. That's another discussion for another time. Um, so, yeah, there's there's plenty of, I mean, I went to the Suns and the Bucks. Uh, you know, I told you I was going to that game. And the atmosphere at the Suns game was, uh, well, let's say I've been to funerals that are more exciting. Um, I mean, it was dull. And then the Spurs played here a couple nights ago, and I read the Spurs beat reporter made a comment of the same thing. You know, what's the opposite of electric? That's how it feels at Talking Stick Arena. So the Suns are no longer what they were, anywhere close, which means there's an opening for some place to become the, the cool place to be. That's what the Suns games were when we were in college and Nash and Stoudemire were here. You went to the Suns games because that was the cool place to be seen. There's an opening for that. Maybe ASU basketball can step into it. And on the court, playing great. Uh, Shannon Evans was player of the week. So we've had three different weeks where a starting guard has been a Pac-12 player of the week. Um, Everyone has jumped both feet on the Bobby Hurley for National Coach of the Year bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, what more can you say except it is exciting and rewarding and, and, you know, for people like you and I who have talked basketball and followed basketball through some very lean times and will again in the future, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not – I'm not stupid enough to think that this is turned around forever and we'll no longer ever struggle at basketball. We will. Um, but you know, we've, we've been there. And so it's a pretty rewarding time to have people being excited about ASU basketball and talking about ASU basketball in a way that they quite honestly never have in our lifetime. Well, the other thing that I've enjoyed is the national coverage as opposed to, I mean, you and I have both been very much on the record. Doug Howard does a great job, but he is yeah. he is the take for ASU, especially yeah. basketball. With football, you get a little more, but he is the take for ASU basketball. And now, uh, you know, CBS has a story. Andy Katz has a story. ESPN has a story. Yeah. Um, you know, in the – I guess it had never come up before, but on CBS every week they do an AP ballot, like, mm-hmm. watch with a, like, who screwed up. And yeah. this week's was on the guy who ranked ASU 18th and how really? he had really? Kansas and Xavier, you know, at <laughs> like 11 and 12 and, and how it's yeah. ridiculous that he would, you know, how does he not see that ASU is a top five school? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just nice to be like it not is. the butt of the joke or not only only seen as a blurb on the bubble watch. It is. It is. No, I agree. I mean, it. You know, we, we should enjoy it while it's here. As I said on Sunday night, we don't know what the rest of this season holds, much less the future. Um, so I am going to enjoy it because, you know, it can be fleeting. Um, as I said, you know, the bandwagon empties faster than it fills up. So, um, you know, but yeah, it's it's a very cool time right now in this very moment to be an ASU basketball fan because we are getting 
attention that we've never gotten. I mean, even in the James Harden years, we didn't get this kind of attention because we weren't this good. We had a great player, but we never got to this heights. You know, we beat Xavier in James Harden's freshman year. That was a real good, feel-good moment. And then, if I'm not mistaken, we lost a game not too long after that. You know, and that's kind of what you and I thought would happen. We'd get humbled. We'd lose to Kansas. And, well, we didn't. We didn't lose to Kansas. We went there and won. And now everybody wants to be a part of ASU basketball, which is great. You know, come on in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, ASU plays Vandy on Sunday. And... There's NFL stuff. There's bowl stuff. Get your bowl picks in, people. It's just, yep. it's just Greg, Pat, me, and Matt. Brady, yep. where are you? You want to just sit here in armchair quarterback? Get in the bowl picks. The links in our Twitter Time's feed. Yeah, the links in the Twitter feed. The passwords, blown coverage, all one word, all lowercase. It can't be simpler. Just Kevin Brady, get on, get on it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else also, but mostly Brady. Come on, seriously. Yeah. Yep. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.